up everybody this is jeremy for our all themes music podcast and i am joined as always by my co-host daphne how are you today daphne i'm doing all right how you doing i'm good i am doing pretty good school year is wrapping up yeah i know right (laughs) school year is wrapping up for both of us and the 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 winding down of all the curriculum and the testing that's good the students are starting to to ask for all their their homework that they did not do all semester that's bad (laughs) yeah psa do your work when it's assigned to you as best you can oh please please instead of waiting till the last minute so that it's not all these last minute emails trying to fix it all that's right because uh it seems to be getting better i hope i don't know maybe this generation of kids sound like an old man now are are getting a little bit better but uh i could be totally wrong it just could be a good year for me which (laughs) which happens (laughs) So. Yeah, I I don't know. Mine are just kind of chilling. We'll see what happens after the we're we're approaching Memorial Day weekend, um, and so we'll see what happens. And you know, we've got what two days after Memorial here where we work, so um, we'll see what happens in those two days. I almost I almost hesitate to make any predictions or anything in case something changes. Right? Yeah, you don't <laughs> want to jinx it. Oh my right. gosh! Right? I feel like every time I've been talking to a teacher recently, it's like as soon as I say something, then there's a there's a jinx that happens right after it if we discuss something. Oh, that hasn't happened yet. And then, the, like, within an hour. It, it just happened uh, to me uh, two days ago that someone was saying, oh, you know, I think things are going pretty good. I was in a meeting. Actually, I think you were in that same meeting. And then it was, I had calls about an hour later. And I was like, oh, I jinxed this myself. This is all my doing. <laughs> Yeah, you have to know when you're on the mountaintop that yep. there's a valley on the other side. <laughs> but <laughs> conversely, sure. when there's when there's a valley, there is a mountaintop on either side of you. So this is you know, true. You got very pastory right there. I very much life, like that. <laughs> <laughs> just life lessons with Jeremy today. I like it. I think that's a great idea for a podcast. I'm just going to shut off my mic and let you preach for a while. This is good. I'm here yeah. for it. <laughs> oh my gosh! So let's today's topic actually is uh, what does it mean, kind of. To to be a musician and like what does it mean when you're not a professional musician and part of this comes out of the fact that this is my last year as a uh well for now i think maybe i don't know but my last year as a music teacher in a school system which is kind of uh really wild to me and why also the end of the year is even uh weirder and more settled because i don't even have to think about next year at all which is pretty nice um, to think about like planning curriculums or anything like that. Mm-hmm. Is it? Have you found it to be weird? Yeah. Uh, oh, you, yeah. Have you hit that sure. weird spot? Yeah. Because I gotta imagine that after you've done this for so long, and you're taking a different trajectory, that while you're sitting here waiting to go down the new path, you're starting to look back at the new path, but not understand the path coming forward. Yeah, that's pretty pastorally of you as well. Well, so. thank you. I, I tapped into you. I did. I did. I tapped yeah. into your spirit, I guess. Maybe we're both feeling preachy today. Maybe. Well, <laughs> I think it's weird because uh, I think teaching is one of those jobs where you um, you have a set schedule and you have a set path, right? Like you could be an absolutely terrible teacher and still show up to the same amount of days, have the same amount of students. And be okay, you know, like you, you'll get a paycheck and you don't have to like 
grow yourself beyond much of what you uh, are currently. Um, or you could be like a really stellar teacher and really try to grow and have a growth mindset and learn the best techniques. And either one of those, you, you're like are, you're beholden to the system in a way. You know, like there's bounds of what you can do either way. Like you could be really bad, but you can't be like so, so bad. Uh, and you could be really good, but you can't like go beyond because then you know, you're too far out there for people. So you have these walls that you're beholden to. And this, the, this transition out is a lot – it's freeing in a way because I'm not beholden to that anymore. And I, I, it got me to thinking about like a musician is like what boundaries have I put on myself as a musician and like what boundaries do I keep myself into. And so that's been kind of a cool transition as well. Like a lot of stuff that I'm doing now uh, outside of teaching is um, it's – I'm doing it. I'm creating or I'm doing things and – uh, it's weird because it feels almost like the shackles have been taken off, which is, which is weird to say because in my last three years at least, four years of teaching music, I have really tried to, to be better. Like I resolved to myself a few years ago, like I'm going to be the best music teacher in this environment that I can be. So that's been a lot of fun to like grow in that way. Um, and partly the reason this podcast exists is because of that, right? Uh, <laughs> Have we ever told but, the story how you guy, you kind of got guilted into doing the podcast? Have we ever told that story on the one here? I don't know. This might be a great time to actually do it if you're comfortable okay. doing yeah. it. Yeah. So we're talking about growth mindset, right? So <laughs> I love podcasts. I love talking. Obviously, if you ever listen to us, you know that I like to talk and hear my own voice. Um, <laughs> and I had this idea that I wanted to start a podcast for enrichment. I wanted kids – well. Not enrichment quite, but I wanted kids to have a different opportunity to hear the same material presented, especially when you could listen to a podcast at two times the speed. Because my brain, I like to listen to things fast, especially like if it's by myself, which in a lot of times when you are in a virtual environment, you're by yourself, right? Like I'm not in a classroom full of people that I can interact with. I'm in a classroom watching a screen. And so I just want the information most of the time. And so I wanted to present this and I had this idea to create a podcast uh, that followed our class. I said, okay, so for every class we have, we're going to have a podcast episode. And uh, I forget, Daphne, if you were in earlier uh, than the professional development or afterwards. I I was at uh, the professional development when you got the question. I was sitting by you. So you were sitting by me. So what happens is I, I had this idea. And we were sitting in this big session with this uh, education guru. I, I don't remember her name. I think she's from Baltimore or Boston or something. Uh, but she asked people to to write goals for themselves or smart goals. You know, um, I forget what all the letters mean, but basically achievable goals within a set time frame that you can actually do. And so I shared my vision of creating this podcast. She made me like put a timestamp on it, which was the beginning of that year, essentially. And that was it. So I had to – we had like made a promise. She probably has no idea who I am anymore and I obviously don't remember her name. But my promise was to uh, create a podcast one, at least once a week that outlined our, our class for students to be able to listen to. And out of that, Daphne came on board. You know, she expressed interest in making this happen. And so we started making a podcast. And for two years, we made a podcast called the Ohio Virtual Academy Music Appreciation Podcast. It's not a sexy name by any stretch of the imagination, <laughs> but that's because it was just the name of our class, <laughs> right. you know? And 
the first year was just our class. So if we taught uh, if we taught about Baroque era composers, we did a class. We did a podcast on Baroque-era composers, and what started to evolve out of that actually was we decided – Daphne and I decided that – or discovered we just liked going deeper about some of the stuff, one, we didn't get to talk about in class because there wasn't enough time to cover it or different aspects of something that wasn't covered at all in any of our readings. So like doing a two-episode – podcast on Bach, right? We talked like maybe there's like two pages of Bach in there, but we did two episodes or whatever. And so we did that for a year. The second year, we decided to like switch to enrichment, which is uh, we wanted to be able to explore music more. And so we invited different guests on. We started covering different instruments and different uh, bands and eras of music and we decided like we just did that for the school year and then after that we talked about it and said you know this is we actually like doing this you know for even if nobody else listens we just like to talk about music it's like a bright spot in our in our week so we decided to shut that one down so it was separate from the school and maybe that was like a a divine sign that we were shutting down the the music appreciation podcast and relaunching all things music and that's where we're at now 14 episodes in to this new title but basically it's the the genesis is from uh wanting to be a better teacher to provide new opportunities for my students that Daphne decided to come along the ride for and now is you know we're just we're co-hosts so that's the story <laughs> yeah i it's funny i don't think we've ever shared how that really started being in that professional <clears throat> development session many eons ago now boy it feels like a long time ago uh <laughs> just especially because you know what we've lived through since that time but um i think and uh you you have often joked you, maybe you've said this to me more privately than than publicly, but you've often joked, "Yeah, we do the podcast because I got guilted into it." Like you, you say stuff like that <laughs> because you're like, "I got called yeah. out at the PD," but that is what happened. But it doesn't negate the fact that um, this started from a place that was hoping to grow young musicians or um, or maybe just young students who were learning about it. And I think um, that kind of demonstrates that growth mindset that teachers should have anyway that you know that trying to grow and um especially and and musicians too i think we're in that kind of interesting place where we double dip a little bit you know one toes in education and one toes in musicianship all the time um and so that's where you know the podcast became uh, a nice place for you to do both of those things yeah absolutely it stretched me it made me it made me better it made me like think about uh like what is interesting to talk about in music. And I think it gave us the freedom to just, you know, create something that wasn't like with much regards to teaching. We got to teach music and talk about music without having to think about the standards Mm -hmm. or having to think about what students were going to learn from it. Or we didn't have to think about what assignment am I going to use to, to judge whether or not somebody has understood what I've taught. I mean, like that, all that stuff was out the window. And that was like, that was very nice. You know, it was almost spoiled that we could just talk about music and not have to worry about um, being a teacher as a professional. Right. So, yeah, it was kind of a nice thing about it. Yep. So, yeah. And so here we are. And uh, the nice thing, even though I'm leaving teaching uh, as a profession right now, I am always a teacher at heart. So uh, we'll get to keep making this podcast 
and just keep sharing music, which is cool. Um, so we're talking about now, like, what does it mean to be a musician outside of like the world that we know is a professional, you know, quote unquote, college educated musician um, professional. And I guess that goes into the first question is when you think of when I say the word musician or somebody says it, like, what do you think of? Like, what's the image that comes to your mind? I think for me personally, just because this is my career path, um, I do see like professional musicianship because I'm living it every day. Now, I'm not saying I'm a professional musician, but like I'm surrounded with that concept. It's always in my face every day because of being a music teacher. Um, But I don't think that that is reasonable or accurate, to be honest, about my evaluation because um, there's so much more to musicianship or being a musician than doing it as a job. You don't have to do music as a job to be a musician. I know many people who do it as a hobby um, or do it as something they just uh, do to kind of uh, get away from the stress of the world. And they're no less musicians than any of the people getting paid to do the same thing. (laughs) So I think um, in my own, I think to be quite frank and to be uh, just throw myself in front of the bus here, I think my view is very narrow because of what I do. So, but that doesn't mean that you can't be a musician outside of it being a career, for sure. For absolutely sure. Yeah, I would agree with that. I I mean, I notice myself as a music snob and snobbery all the time. And uh, I'm pretty, pretty quick to recognize it most of the time. And part of that is just, you know, we spent multiple years in a professional setting spending a lot of money to study a very certain type of music. And I, part of, you know, part of the therapeutic part of this podcast, to, to be quite honest, is just kind of dismantling some of those ideas of, you know, like what is a musician or what is professional and what is uh, like the right type of music. And, uh, and we've covered a lot of those topics, but I, I am with you. You know, like I think of um, the first image probably that comes to mind is like a tuxedo and in an orchestra, you know? <laughs> oh, definitely. A, that's, I mean, that's almost thing, yeah. verbatim what I was thinking of. And, and again, that's partly due to my part-time job. Yeah. You know yeah, what I mean? Absolutely. <laughs> full-time, or yeah, part, part-time, full-time orchestra director or co- coordinator. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Like, cause I work part-time with a professional symphony yeah. um, in the education <laughs> department, whatever you want to call me there. I, I have a title there, but. You know what I mean? I'm I'm a yeah. I'm a catch-all, let's be real. <laughs> but yeah. but because of that I do have this because it's so aligned with what I do all the time. It's it's hard for my brain and wrongfully so. I do want to stress that. I think it's wrongfully so that my brain doesn't want to expand to other types of musicianship because if for crying out loud, music is for everybody. You don't have to be that person on the stage. And so even I have to um, check my bias. I don't know if that's really a mm-hmm. bias, but I don't know how else to say it. I think I, I think it's that's the only way I can. Yeah, I had I had a friend who uh, who played guitar, very very good guitarist, and I remember one time we were in like elementary or middle school or something. And I was talking to him about a major scale, you know, like music nerds do, mm-hmm. and uh, I forget why it even came up. And he said, and you had to go to like band class to learn that. And I was like, oh man, like you. I guess I didn't have to, you know, like because he learned it by playing, he teaching himself guitar or like taking lessons or whatever. And uh, I was like, that's so fascinating. And I think that there's like this weird world 
and this is this is my uh, view coming in as a music teacher, is it seems like there's this weird view in my mind of a student, student, there's like student, teacher, and professional, and there's like nothing really else, right? And that's just a, a very black and white and gray way of looking at it, I guess, you know, like you either are learning an instrument as a child or a beginner, or you're teaching other people the instrument, you know, I think like guitar teachers in this realm, or you're making money from it. And I think the what you had alluded to is there are a lot of people that just are playing for fun. In fact, there's a group over here at the VFW in Dallas that meets every Sunday and they sit around a table and they go around and it's like teachers, the principals, some other like part-time gig musicians, like an artist, and they just like call out songs and they play for like four hours. You know what I mean? And none of them are professional. Some of them like probably gig in the evenings, but none of them are like supporting themselves as a musician. Right. <laughs> you know? And so they're all musicians. And I think it's uh, – I am excited that I kind of am stepping out of this uh, professional role to just kind of let it go a little bit to – to to just be out there, you know, as be a trained musician. I kind of wonder how much, uh, I'm trying to think of the right word. If you feel, if a person feels more free being a professional musician or a not professional musician, meaning, you know, when you're getting paid to play a, a gig or something, there's a certain expectation, Generally, you're going to play this type of music or these songs for this long. It's, mm. There's some kind of expectation already built in, you know, for service reward. Okay, fine. If you're doing it just for fun, does that kind of um, free you up to do more of the things you like, to play more of the music you like, to study the type of music you like? I And I'm, I'd be curious to know what people thought about that because... As somebody in the profession, I think I lean more obviously the, okay, I am paid to do a a specific service. You know, I've been hired for those gigs. Um, Whereas the people at the VFW that you were talking about are just there to have a good time. And so I wonder which one feels uh, better. I don't know if that's the right way to say it, but you know what I mean? Like, or might feel more free, might feel more liberated. I'm, I'm guessing the latter. Yeah, it's interesting because I think there's like, there's, I bet a lot of it depends on your personality where like some people will find tons of freedom in sitting down and studying a score written by Beethoven, right? And like they will find all the connection they need and all the freedom they need to express themselves in that music. And that's probably super stifling to other people, whereas other people can sit down with a pentatonic scale in a room full of people and experiment the, the you know the crap out of their instrument and feel like they can express everything they can express. So I think it really does probably like knowing who you are as a person. I feel like right now where I am at is that I am ready to not like be beholden to the rules. Like I'm ready to study. Not that I couldn't be studying other music right now. And part of this too, uh, I, to be I guess this has been kind of a long journey because. I moved to Dallas, and when I was in Toledo, before I moved here, I was also doing 
music like for the church. So like I did teaching music and then I did every Sunday, uh, you know, I led music at the church. So like I was in music a lot. I was playing a lot of music. I, I had a lot of fun creating in that way, even though they were like songs that everybody knew. You know, there was a lot of fun in creating that way and like refining and making that perfect. And now like I don't do that anymore and I'm leaving teaching. So like all the musical outlets I have now will be dependent on me, which is a ton of fun that I can just sit down with my guitar next to me and experiment with different sounds. And I think part of it is trusting uh, – and this is I think what I'm saying, a personal journey for everybody. Where I get to be now is I get to trust that I can experiment with different sounds and know that I have the confidence to be able to make the sounds that I want to or be able to – discover the sounds that I want to. Like, I know the language of music, right? Mm -hmm. I know how music works. So now I can just go out and, like, converse with it instead of studying it and teaching it more. Now I get to go use it however I see fit. And that is pretty fun, I think, for me where I'm at. Well, that kind of... You'll be the interesting case study then because you're going to (laughs) be the person who's going from it in in a more formalized way going into a less formal uh, setting and we'll have to see which one you think you like better or if there's reasons why you like one versus the other. And the other side of that too is we're about to find out how intrinsically motivated you are in that regard mm-hmm. because you're going to you're going to have you're not doing it as your 9 to 5. So okay, well if you want to keep music alive then you're going to then you'll be the one relying on yourself as you said to find those um opportunities in how you see fit. So now I say that knowing that you have plenty of intrinsic motivation, that's not going to be an issue for you, but for other people, it could be, it could be a problem for them to try and find the motivation to do it on their own. I think that would be a challenge. Yeah. I think it'll be, uh, it can be so, well, you could, how intrinsically motivated to, and how far do you want to go? Mm-hmm. Cause you know, like I know that if I want to sit down and learn some jazz, I'm going to have to spend time actually learning. Like I'm going to have to study for real. <laughs> you know what I mean? It's like, am I going to be, am I going to be comfortable learning something new and putting the work into it? Or am I going to just be happy with what I know now? And right now it doesn't really matter to me. That's kind of what's nice about it is it, I don't really care either way, which one it is. I'm just having fun and I am like not worried about what I have to perform for next the next gig or the next class Mm -hmm. and that is that's cool that's a cool feeling to be in like uh like i could just go jam if i want to on sundays or um the biggest thing i will have to do actually i know for me intrinsically motivated is i'll have to be around other people you know i'll have to be collaborative in some form uh and that's why this podcast works so well because we're collaborative so i'll have to collaborate with other people and that's how if you're a musician you should be collaborating. I know we have a lot of bedroom producers nowadays, but uh, I think to be better, most of the time you have to be around people who are better than you. It's I think there's a myth a lot of times where like we have these amazing YouTubers out there that are just so talented and they're by themselves in their bedroom producing like these – Like Jacob Collier, right? I think of him and like he did the NPR Tiny Desk concert during COVID and he recorded himself and he did it like – he did every every instrument. For 15 minutes, he did like uh, a concert but he did every instrument and there's like six of them. So that means he recorded all the parts 
six times for 15 minutes each. You know what I mean? It's like there, there are these – and he's so good. Uh, but he's a, he's an outlier. But he gets millions and millions of views on YouTube. So people are going to think that's what a musician is and they're going to lose out on the – I think the collaborative aspect of it. So that's what I'll need. I'll need the collaborative aspect because I can experiment with sounds and I can have fun and I have done that. Like I made a little ditty off of uh, – uh, the blinker on my car, right? So like, I got that going in in the system right now. <laughs> wait, wait, but, wait, wait! Uh, Back up! Stop! Stop! Yeah. So you you recorded the blinker, your turn signal in your car. The blinker inspired me in the sound and the percussion rhythm that I wrote out, uh, and then okay. I just kind of built off of there. So. Oh. Awesome. Uh, that, that's, that is very 20th century of you right there. <laughs> Holy cow. Holy cow. All right, Philip Glass. I can't wait to hear what I it is you, you produce. <laughs> and that's – so like I'll probably play it for other people and like I'm, my goal is to really put myself out there as um, like to really like be vulnerable in that aspect, right? Because teaching – Teaching is we can be vulnerable, but they're still kids. You know what I mean? Like I can, I can play my songs or I can sing, and I sing a lot in my class. Play guitar, but like the kids are impressed that I can play a a very very basic twelve bar blues on the piano, and that's three chords. You know what I mean? Like, like that sounds so good, and like that makes me feel good. But I also know that like what I'm playing um, is is not a difficult thing to play for a musician. So now I get to experiment, and I've been listening to like, a lot of pop music too, and saying like. How does like the weekend think about this synth like this synth line? You know, like why does he pick You know, like why did why did why does that come out? Like how does he get the sound? Like why do you think to put like this little weird chime thing in the background? Like that's the stuff I'm having fun dissecting. And that actually comes from being a better teacher because we did an active listening lesson with uh Take On Me by Weezer, a cover of Aha's Take On Me. And like teaching active listening, which is something we never really did before, but or did well, I don't think. And we did it two years now. And that's like made me a better musician. So I'm gonna take that. What I taught these kids, I taught myself, and I'm gonna go out and be a better musician for it. That's interesting. Uh first of all, I hope that when you uh feel comfortable, maybe we can put some of that on here so people can hear some of your uh creativity. If you're feeling Good. I'll start writing the intro music. (laughs) Oh, nice. Uh, (laughs) The other thing I was thinking is, you know, you obviously have training to be a musician. So um, one of the questions you posed here was what kind of training do you need to have to be a musician? And we talked a little bit about this, but like we have training for, uh, you know, collegiate level training uh, because of what we did. But not everybody does that. We know so many people who, you know, do the bedroom music thing, right? And, and do that just because they've learned on the spot. So I, I, I wanted to point out that, you know, just because, you know, you've got all that training, which is awesome, and you're clearly going to put it to work, you don't necessarily have to um, be have some kind of big formal training to do it. These, these skills we're talking about can be picked up, although you should consult a professional when you have questions um, because you don't, we don't, what you don't want is, you know, to try and learn off any Joe Schmo YouTube thing and think that that automatically means you're doing everything right. That That's a different thing. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I, there's a, I wish I, I should have written this down, but I was driving. I listened to an NPR thing about this guy who plays a specific instrument that is from Africa, a country in Africa, I believe. 
And it's kind of like a vibraphone, but it's something different, but very similar. Anyways, they the instrument. I don't know. I don't the know. Mar- does, it, does it ring a bell? Not the Mimbira either. Sorry. I'm, I'm going oh, straight. that one? I don't know. It's the thumb piano, but moving on. I don't think that's No, I don't think so. Okay, moving uh, on. Yeah, no, it's fine. That's good. <laughs> uh, they, uh, the, they had that instrument in their family. This family specifically had their instrument uh, for 800 years. Oh, my God. You know, like like they were the keeper of the music and the, the stories and all that of the their particular tribe or wherever they were from. And uh, that just struck me, and because he's like, you know, America's only really been around for four hundred years, and that, that includes like pre-Declaration of Independence. So, like this, this family has been playing music for eight hundred years, and I was like, wow, like they didn't need any college training, and they get hired out for weddings, you know, like because it's, it's important to their culture, and uh, like they don't have any collegiate training that we really know of, or they didn't highlight it, and. Like, that's just passed down. And then I was thinking of, like, Appalachia and, like, all the instruments that are passed down through there. And there's tons of people in the Army that just taught themselves how to play, like, guitar or banjo and bass. And, um, yeah, a lot of it is, like, if you're around a musical family, that helps a ton. That's how I got started, at least. You know, like, mm-hmm. all my family were musicians for the most part. Uh, so then I just had, like, the tools, whatever tools I got to make me into the musician that I am today. And so, yeah, like you said, you got uh, YouTube now. You're so lucky. I mean, if you're listening now, you have you can learn anything on the internet um, and well, too. You know what I mean? Like, it used to be the Wild West, but <laughs> you can learn anything well on the internet now. Um, yeah, so YouTube, you got uh, Skype lessons. Oh, sorry, Skype is so out now. That was wow. so 2008. Um, <laughs> Zoom lessons. <laughs> Skype. I haven't heard exactly. that word in a minute. That's hilarious. <laughs> I couldn't even think of the, the ringtone. I should bring it back and bring some Our, nostalgia. For, first of all, yes. And secondly, we're recording on one of those two right now. Yeah, and you and still didn't Skype. say the right one? <laughs> <laughs> Way to go, oh old timer. I am old. Yeah. Oh. So then, I mean, then you got like box stores, Guitar Center, you know, they have whole rooms dedicated to lessons. So, like, I watch I watch half my YouTube feed right now is probably, like, drum videos. I don't have a drum set, and I'm an okay drum set player. You know, like, I can keep a beat and probably play in a rock band. But, like, like I don't play drums, but I just watch videos and I learn. <laughs> you know what I mean? <laughs> like, I just absorb it all. Um, it's just kind of crazy how you can learn. And then just get around other people who will teach you. Like, that's the blues and jazz. Like, those traditions are very much... Um, find a like a mentor, you know, and learn how to play an instrument. So, yeah, I I think I've talked a lot about um, well, well, New Orleans that I want to go. Um, for that reason, like I want to go make friends with musicians just so I can learn from them. <laughs> for yeah. no period, I just want to go have a new best friend in New Orleans. So, uh, look out, Nola, I'm coming. <laughs> <laughs> There's a. Have you seen a series on YouTube uh, called Daryl's House? Uh, from Hall and Oates, Daryl, is it Daryl Hall? I don't remember which one is which, but I think so. Uh, I think you're saying it right. Yeah. So either way, so Daryl's house, he brings on, he has this cabin or whatever, and he brings these famous musicians. I think the, the SNL drummer is one of them. Um, he has like this core group of musicians and they come in and he brings like a famous person in. So like I got hip to him because I was watching Tommy Shaw from Sticks. Mm-hmm. He like came in. And so what they do then is, 
the band learns some of their songs, and then whoever's coming in will like learn some of their songs, I guess, and they'll just like jam. And they're all these professional musicians, and they're just like jamming together. And I remember Tommy Shaw, who's like pretty, you know, he's part of the band Sticks, which did a whole episode on pretty well versed in how to play music. And I remember listening. He's just like, kind of said a thing in passing. He's Daryl was like, "Hey, the chords or whatever the lick is on the the screen." And Tommy says, "Well, I don't know. Like, I don't." like use chords or whatever. Like I don't I don't really know what I'm looking at. And I was like, this dude, like who knows if he's lying, but I can't – it was like said just in such passing that like he's been around for 80 years, <laughs> 70 years. And this Joker is like a rock band, multi-platinum selling, arena tour selling out musician of like a super group in the damn Yankees, uh, Sean Blade Sticks, and like he doesn't use chords. And like that was just such a foreign concept to me for a second. But like you couldn't be any more – like I wonder where he learned. He played in like the bowling alleys in the south. So he probably just picked up a guitar and started fiddling around with it, which is fascinating to me. So you could teach yourself even. That's unreal. Like all those – not using chords stuff, that blows my head up. And that, again, but that's because my my trajectory being a musician is so much different than that. And yeah. and yours, I mean, yours too for for the most part. But it, it would like hurt our brain to think about somebody who's not following some kind of chord progression, or it, it just it would it would hurt my brain, and it in fact does. <laughs> <laughs> but that, oh but obviously gosh. it works. Obviously it works, and you yeah. can be successful. There's, I'm a part of this uh, guitar group uh, on Facebook, which, you know, you know how that goes sometimes. Mm-hmm. Um, and they always get in these debates about uh, modes. Modes is like a hot topic in guitar oh. playing. And, uh, you know, how long did you study modes for in college? Do you remember? Not long. Um, it yeah, would have been th- like er, like mid – I feel like it was the middle of theory one for like a couple weeks maybe. Yeah, and I don't even know if we did it in Theory 1. I, we for sure talked about it for like one or two classes in music history, early music history. Oh, I guess we and, did talk about it in history. Okay, yeah, yeah you're right. It, that was about it. But like for – they will take – these guitar players will take it to the extreme. Like you are not a real guitar player unless you can play all the modes and know exactly where they go at Why? all times. And I – I don't know. That's just like their. That's their one of. That's this core group of guitar players distinctive, right? That is, that is what makes them. But then, God forbid, you talk about using a tab, right? And uh, and so it's just interesting. We all have these like shortcuts that we have learned from whoever has taught us. So like for you and I, chords, right? right? Like chord progression. That is just the basis of everything we do for the most part. And a guitar player would say, "No, you need you need the modes." And then you'll be a real guitar player. And we're like, no, you need to know how to read figured bass and do a Western musical <laughs> harmony to be a, a real musician. And then a drummer's like, you just need to hit the right things at the right time to be a real musician. And then like a jazz player might say, you need to be able to play an extended 13th chord with a flat five and a sharp seven to be a real jazz. And like, Holy we just cow. all have these things, right? We all have these things that like are important to us in the style of music that we play that we learn from whoever has taught us. So then when we get threatened, if you will, by other styles of music or other ideas, we're like, no, you're not a real musician. (laughs) That always bugs me. I don't love, Uh, I'm trying to think how to say, I don't love this idea that certain things are qualifiers to be a musician 
because yeah. I think it's a little to each his own. Music is subjective, so why are we objectively trying to force a player into a box? If we don't necessarily do that with music, why would we do that with the person? You know what I mean? Amen. Like, Amen. <laughs> I now there are things as a uh, person who has studied things for years that will annoy me. Uh, the thing that comes to mind is like. Um, as a percussionist, there are certain elements of people's grips that will just drive me up a wall. <laughs> if I look at their hands and I perceive that it is not a proper grip or something, that will make me twitchy. I won't lie about it. But I don't think that just disqualifies them as a musician because they don't hold their stick a certain way. Get out of here with that. Yeah. That doesn't, to me, that just seems like a dumb argument. There's a. There's a drum a drum channel called Drumio on YouTube. It's a they, they bring in tons of famous musicians and uh, famous drummers, right? And they give lessons. And there's it's so funny because there's Todd Zuckerman, who's a drummer for Sticks right now, but much more than that, gives a lesson. And then like I watched a video from another guy who like says basically exact opposite of like where to hit the hi hat at, right? And uh, people are like tearing him up in the comments, and I'm just <laughs> thinking like. This joker's on Drumio, you know, like a very famous <laughs> rock drummer, yeah. right? And he's his technique is exactly opposite of what Todd said. And Todd's a very famous, accomplished drummer, but he also has his own style. And so, like you're talking about, like these little things that people will, and especially with amateur musicians, well, I guess anybody with a fixed mindset. It goes back to that fixed versus growth mindset. Yeah, I think it does. You're right. Anybody with a fixed mindset about this is the only way to play an instrument because this is the way that I was taught and my teacher was the best teacher ever then that, you know, everybody else sucks. And, um, that is, I mean, we're all victims of that. Oh, uh, totally. All the time. I've, so. I make fun of Squidward all the time. He is doing it wrong. <laughs> yeah. Let's just, yeah. I mean, <laughs> now what, see, I just went back on my own word, but it's also preference too. Like this just made me think of, I had a, a virtual lunch with a former student last week and he's now currently a percussion uh, performance and music ed major at a, a university here in Ohio. And we were discussing um, what brand of triangle we like. And he's okay. okay. He said one, and I said, "Well, have you checked out this one?" He's like, "Oh, I don't like that one. Um, <laughs> I, I don't think it's great." And I know my professor doesn't like it. And I said, "Well, it's like it's like food, right? Like we all have our own tastes." of what we like and stuff. And maybe none of, none of them are really wrong or right. It's just a taste thing. And I think that kind of applies here too. That, you know, I mean, think about just like, even like a pizza hut versus Domino's versus Papa John's. Right. I mean, like Mm -hmm. even the same type of food people will, will, um, love it. I always make fun of, there's a place in Lima, if you're close to it called Cupy. And it's like, like in the Wendy's lineage somewhere. I think it's so bad. But <laughs> if you're from there, like that is God's gift to hamburgers and it's so bad. Mm. But uh, people love it. You're going to get who am I? the comments are going to be unkind to you <laughs> right. this week, I think. <laughs> right. Who am I to steal their joy? You know what I mean? Like right. <laughs> right. there's so many other things in this world to worry about that I don't care what hamburger you eat. And same way, like, there's so many things to worry about. Like, uh, if you decide to use a five A drumstick instead of a five B or whatever they are, you know, like mm-hmm. I don't, I don't care. Yeah. And I, but and now some people will get really. And of course, there's different things. Like if you're going to hurt yourself, if you're going to injure yourself, um, then you might want to to look at that. But yeah, which is my problem with Squidward. I would just like to go back to this for a second. He's going to hurt his teeth. <laughs> 
the holding his clarinet that way. And I'm just so I I'm just gonna you. point there that that's <laughs> that's what I'm saying. Squidward, get it right. Okay. Come on now. <laughs> I have feelings. Fix about yourself. It. Fix yourself, Squidward. Oh Fix yourself. I have feelings about Oh that. gosh. So okay, so what do you do when uh what do you do when you're not a musician? Like have you ever thought about like if you what would you do with your life if you walked away from music? Like when you like out of the professional realm mm-hmm. of music. Like like what would my other career be? No, what would you well maybe, but what would you do to kill like what would you do to keep the music alive? Like what would you do to oh. to stay practicing? Um well I think I think I'd have more time to practice if I wasn't in the field. <laughs> Weirdly enough, I feel like I don't pick up my drumsticks nearly as much as I wish I did. Um, but I think if I was to leave the field but still wanted music to be a part of my life, I'd be going to a lot more live concerts um, because I think there's something about the experience of seeing people live playing music um, that's really important. And I'd, I I do kind of mean sincerely, I, I would probably practice Maybe not more, but definitely differently. Sometimes when you do this all day, it feels like another thing on your task list when you have to practice. Whereas if you, um, you know, it was, uh, you know, you were doing IT work all day and then had 30 minutes to hack out a drum solo, it probably wouldn't feel as connected to your job. Um, So I, I know I said that in jest, but I think I would at least practice differently, uh, if not more. Um, but I think outside of that, yeah, just going to live concerts um, would be a big deal for me personally. And that's one of the ways I, you know, do the whole, you know, keep it alive in my life things. Yeah. I think there's a lot more. I think that's true with any creative pursuit. Is uh, And we've talked about this in the college, the college episode. Like mm-hmm. you really, really, really have to want it if you want to make it. Uh, career and you really have to find the joy in practicing and and finding like the joy in the performance um, because a lot of the time you don't spend performing for other people you know mm-hmm. or um, I, I think like when I was leading music at the church like there'd be moments while we were practicing that were so good you know I'd be like whatever that was that you just did was awesome like I just smile like because it you know because I'd have to enjoy that moment because you know and I, I knew in like 10 seconds we'd be stopping to fix something so being present in that moment is it's and I think it's maybe I'm looking at this as like a sabbatical <laughs> you know from yeah. from music yeah so, I feel like that's a better term for you at this point your, your yeah, sabbatical and, sabbaticaling can you make it? <laughs> I like it. I'm gonna go with it. I like it. You're on sabbatical. I very much like this. <laughs> I wonder too. Like you know, we have the music teachers have the summer. I mean, roughly have mm-hmm. the summer to to rest and recuperate. But like, if you're talking about sabbatical, you got to get right back into it. So like, you don't get a chance to like rest and then be like, oh, I'm gonna be creative because you got to get right back into. Teaching. Well, I think yeah. I think the hard part when you're talking about that in particular, I struggle there personally. I can speak to that from personal experience because when we get to this point in the year in about a week or so, um, I'm going to shut off. I just yep. I will because I'm I'm tired. It's not because I don't love what I do. I'm just tired. And so um, a lot of 
and, and at our school, I will say in particular, we don't have quite as long as summers as some other people or some other um, schools do. We have a little bit more finite time. So I make it a rule in my universe to actually shut off. Um, that doesn't mean I don't practice for exactly, you know what I mean? Like I'll still yep. pick up my drumsticks and um, I keep meaning to pick up that ukulele, this beautiful ukulele that I purchased um, and, and start strumming around on it. But there is a point where I'm just like, I'm no, I can't be creative or pursue any uh, higher goals right now because everything is pudding like in my head. <laughs> I think I was saying that to you earlier, like my brain's pudding. And so I think that complicates things a little bit too. You have to find the balance. But um, when you're talking about summers, that's was making me think about that. Well, that's interesting. I had a thought while you're saying that of like how in a lot of ways, musicians kind of have to be selfish in a way because I was thinking like how why do our brains turn to mush well it's because again I think we were talking about this before like you're worried about so many other people Mm -hmm. and what they're doing with their lives like we're worried about people passing we're worried about people achieving what we ask them to achieve we're worried about people like people who are good like we just ourselves added an advanced theory course right to our class Mm -hmm. so we're worried about like uh, can we grow the kids that have the potential to grow more than what we have been doing in the past? Mm-hmm. Uh, like for next year, we're already planning. You, you, well, not we. <laughs> <laughs> You're already planning for for kids' curriculums next year. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. So like you – when it comes time to be selfish, like you want to rest. Oh, I dig in. You don't have time to – Yeah, yeah I you, don't ha- want, you don't have time to practice. Yeah, because it's just we're tired. And it, again, it's not because we don't love it or – anything like that. But I also know that the best version of my myself, I'll just use me as the example, the best version of myself in August is the version that's had rest I, because yeah. there's too many things to worry about. Not to mention, we're just talking about professional uh, stuff. I have personal stuff going on right now. Like everybody, well, and everybody does, right? Um, like for example, and this is a great segue into my plug because I keep meaning to do this. This weekend I'm involved in a charity event, a charity marathon over Memorial Day, and I have been for years, um, to raise money for Feeding America. Well, I'm one of the people that's organizing that, so I've got a lot of stuff going on there. So I've got, you know, both uh, the professional and personal stuff going on, and you do just become pudding. And then guess what happens when you're a musician? Oh, oh I'm a little too tired to practice. Oh, I can I can pick up the drumsticks later. It's It's not uncommon. I'm not alone in that. I am sure that listeners who are musicians can absolutely relate. Yeah, especially if there's no performance to go to. Right. I think of athletes. I think of like the analogy I had in my head is like a professional athlete who stops performing or a college athlete and just stops because they're done playing games. They just, you know, they get out of shape uh, sometimes. Yeah. That's why I kind of think there. Like there's no performance to work towards. Like it is good to have intrinsic motivation, but it's also really, really effective <laughs> to have <laughs> – uh, you know, something external that is going to judge you, you know, if you're good or not, or people are paying you to be at a performance or not. So hundred, you're 100% correct on that. I mean, and that's a whole, that's a topic for another different day, intrinsic versus exter- external motivation. <laughs> um, if we ever had the answers to that, boy, we'd make hand over fist. <laughs> so much money. So much money. Yeah. It'd be ridiculous. Oh gosh! All right. Well, I think that's probably a good spot to to stop. What do you think? Uh, yeah. Because as four mentioned, I, my brain is pudding. Um, 
So, yeah, I will go ahead and pump one more time if anybody is interested. I am in a fundraiser this weekend to uh, raise funds for Feeding America. It'll be on Twitch online. Maybe we can link that in the podcast notes. I think we do every year. Um, this is our yeah. third uh, third annual event, and we're hoping to raise a lot of money. So if you uh, hear this before Memorial Day weekend, stop by and check us out and uh, give money to those who need it. We'll be on Twitch playing games for Feeding America. So uh, come on in. You can see me make a fool of myself and uh, throw money at a good cause. It'll be great. <laughs> Oh my gosh, dude. <laughs> That's awesome. Yeah, I look forward to it. I'm going to check it out. Well, I hope so because I'll be out camping this weekend. Oh, that sounds uh, fun, though. Well, maybe. Well, well, we'll see. <laughs> <laughs> well, with children, maybe. <laughs> maybe yeah. that's different. But hopefully, you'll have a good time. But if you need a break, uh, we'll be on Twitch and you can watch us play some old school games and be ridiculous, all for a good cause. So, we, anybody who wants to stop by, stop by. Say hi if you're in the chat. Stop by and tell me you're listening to the podcast. and. Um, give some money to Feeding America because there's a lot of folks who need some help right now and we want to try and do what we can to to share the blessings with who we can. So, Awesome. Well, good. So you can find that in our show notes. You can go to our uh, website at allthingsmusicpodcast.com or you can email us at contact at allthingsmusicpodcast.com for you know information about that or conversations about anything else. And we will talk to you later. Bye, everybody.